to the official Leeds United podcast with me, Emma Jones, Matthew Lewis, and replacing Jermaine for the week. Please welcome back to the podcast another Leeds United legend, our guest host for this week, Michael Bridges. Thank you very much. Very excited. Last time we were talking about Australian (laughs) delicacies and things that I missed in England. Now I'm back on board to chat to obviously a current player and with yourselves again. And I'm back in England. So it's great to be great to be back on board. Thank you. How are those delicacies going down? Are you enjoying them now you're back home? Cup of tea at the ready yet again. Yorkshire, Monster Munch, pickled onion waiting for me once we are finished. That's my treat for the afternoon. And the amount of weight I've put on because of them crisps, they are dangerous. You are a man after my own heart. I'll tell you what though, you're right though, Michael. There there aren't enough crisps in a packet of Monster Munch because they're quite a big girthy crisp. You actually don't get that many in a pack, do you? Well, I've got one for you. Do you know what I'm delighted with? I introduced my kids to scampy, packet of scampy fries in our local pub in England and they were absolutely disgusted so dad got a whole packet to himself delighted I thought thought you were going to say they absolutely loved it and they said they were absolutely minging were the words for my kids minging right get a six pack and enjoy yourself do they still do those grab bags of Monster Munch the slightly bigger ones like the Flaming Heart they used to do the slightly bigger yeah but they're they're, they're dangerous they're like a family pack but they're dangerous because you don't share them with your family yeah <laughs> Michael, no, yeah. do you know what? You are a man after my own heart. I love this. Um, and speaking of food, talk to us about Lee Boya and spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Well, my word, this is going back some years, by the way. Um, yeah, well, Lee, Lee was known as the firework because he had a really short fuse and we could wind him up no end and he, he, he would just snap, you know, in, in a good way, in jest. But um, we're, we're playing an away game um, and it was down at Derby and we're staying in a beautiful hotel. And we all used to get together for the um, for the meal. And obviously we had the, the buffet with the, the spaghetti, the ravioli pasta, the sauces, the vegetables and the chicken and I'll never forget the the hotel had these massive square raviolis which were bigger like they must have been on steroids they were huge <laughs> and I I tucked into my food first I managed to get up there first and um, as I was sitting down this bit of ravioli big slab hit us on the side <laughs> of the face and just made a massive like you know dink <laughs> Queuing up at the buffet court, oh, the lads are laughing. I've taken it well, and I can see next to the ravioli, Lee Boyer, and behind him was Michael Doobie. So I just picked the ravioli up and flicked it back, and it went off like a frisbee because I'm great at flicking cards, like a, a card thrower. <laughs> and it went with a great velocity, and it just hit Lee Boyer and made an even bigger slap on his face. Well, the whole room started laughing, and Lee couldn't handle it. So the next thing, he just picked up this massive tray of spaghetti bolognese with the actual pasta in it next to us, and he ran at it with it so I've jumped up from the table to try and stop it and it's just it's gone all over us so the next thing you know we're, we're just having a massive scrap in the middle of this restaurant in, not in the, there was no public there there was no fans we were in our own room we're having a big scrap on the floor there's bolognese sauce and pasta going everywhere spaghetti and you can hear David O'Leary trying to get in the room going what the bleeding hell's going on there boys eh and as he came in he finally got in me and Lee stopped fighting and we looked at each other and I had spaghetti hanging off my ear with bolognese down my face and Lee had it all over his head and we just started laughing and cuddled and made up and went that was brilliant (laughs) how did that in the instigator was Michael Bloody Doobry there you go did he throw the original ravioli he was the original pasta thrower yeah that started off all this thing with the firework all good banter apart from being an absolute waste of some decent spag ball that is a brilliant story Michael well I wasn't wasting it I did actually scrape it off my face and put it on a bit of toast (laughs) it makes me so sad that that was all pre-i phone 
generation yeah. so that yeah. we don't have any footage of, of oh some of, of the lads would, nowadays they would have been snapchatting it live or even instagram <laughs> live going, look at this we bridges v boy a charity fight <laughs> brilliant you'll have to recreate it won't we yeah <laughs> let's make it happen well thank you michael for sharing that incredible story with us i'm delighted to say that this week on the official leeds united podcast we are going to be joined by new boy tyler adams but first guys we have got plenty of positives to talk about and unpick Chelsea and the win over Barnsley in the EFL Cup as well. Two, not just great wins, but also brilliant performances, weren't they, boys? Yeah. Take it away, Matt. Yeah. Um, well, Michael was at the game last night, so I'll, 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 I'll let him chat about uh, Barnsley um, more in depth. Um, but Chelsea on Sunday, pfft, I, I don't know many people that have predicted uh, a win uh, never mind, you know that convincingly and by and by that scoreline. Chelsea came out the blocks early, as you expected them to do, but Leeds just coped with it. Just, just it got everything right. And 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 in in perhaps previous occasions when the crowd's been like that, you know we've 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 had teams and players that can maybe wilt under that pressure. Everyone on that team just. Yeah. Embraced it. It was Chelsea that wilted under the under the crowd yeah. and under the atmosphere. Leeds just to a man, fantastic. I, I've got to say, I, I was at the Barnsley game as well, but at the Chelsea game on the Sunday, I've played in a lot of matches. And I, I said this in the lounges after the game. Playing a lot of matches at Elland Road, European nights. You'll never take that away from me. Some of the you know some of the most amazing atmospheres and nights. The atmosphere on Sunday. And the performance from the players on the park, especially when you think of the record against the top six that we've actually mm. had over the years, it's been horrendous. To go out there and put on a performance like that, and after the Sterling miss early on in the first minute of the game, you're kind of going, oh, hang on a minute, this could be back yeah. to the walls. From that moment onwards, it was relentless. The you know the, the desire and the hunger from the players to win the tackles, to go forward and do the high press. Then the crowd got involved and the atmosphere just went to a whole new level. The players fed off that. The, the fans were feeding off the players' performance. I, th I thought it was absolutely incredible and um, I, probably the best atmosphere I have ever witnessed at Ellen Road and that's saying something when I've seen a lot, yeah. of, a lot of games there and played a lot of games. So for me, the performance was absolutely spot on. I was really disappointed with uh, Tuchel after the game when he came out and said, we made mistakes and we did this and not one bit of credit to Leeds United's performance because the mistakes came from the Leeds United pressure and the yeah. press and the, in the counter press that Jesse Marsh talked about all pre-season. When we lose it, how quick can we regain it? So so the lads have got to take the hats off to the lads and again to the fans I've got to just salute every single one of these. it was unbelievable I mean Michael you're right that it was entirely the game plan and the way that yeah. Leeds executed that you know hunting impacts the, 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 the things that Jesse Marsh talks about with the pressing totally unsettled Chelsea and and you talk about oh well the first goal was what what you know that's what changed the, the, the situation but that first goal was created by yeah. Aronson, Aronson refusing to let a ball yeah. die he put him under pressure honestly I, you know I think it was a bit of arrogance, perhaps from Chelsea, maybe from the goalkeeper. Mendy tried it just before that and got away with it. And what Harrison's right. recognised, he's thought, you know what it is, if he does that again, I'm going to... He's, he's read the situation because he saw it happen previously and uh, a bit of arrogance there and he, he got on top of it and totally humiliated him. Uh, and then the red card as well. The red card, it was all because of the pressure that Leeds were putting them under in yeah. their own half. And I said this the other week about Aronson, defenders must be sitting there going, why are you even tackling me? That's Why are you here? He's mm. just... 
he just won't go away, and it's yeah. it must be so frustrating to play against. And you saw the frustration come out in a in a red card. The last last little thing from the game, I thought it was wonderful. I was standing watching the game with some of the ex players. Uh, I was stood next to Andy Cousins, and we're watching it with some of the fans that are in the lounges. And this this fan grabbed me and just basically said, "Pinch me, am I dreaming?" <laughs> oh, it was just sort of magic, absolutely that. magic. That summed it up for me. I know Matt and Jermaine have discussed um, Jesse Marsh's style of play and whether we're seeing that being implemented. I'll talk to you about that in a minute. But um, just on what we were saying about these top six sides, do you think there is an, an element of truth in what Matt's just said that actually Chelsea maybe underestimated Leeds and actually what that was an example of was if you want it more, you'll get it? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I think um, the, the kilometres covered, the high intensity runs, completely different. And I, obviously I don't want to talk about another team um, that we can't stand. Um, <laughs> and they had a reaction from one week where they were 13 kilometres down and they got beat 4-0, which was great. And then they had turned it on against Liverpool. Um, yeah. And they got, if you your work rate is, it, it's what I call as a coach, it's a non-negotiable. We all play football, we all make mistakes, but if you're having a bad game, you still work and you work your socks off. And I think that's what Leeds, you know, the Leeds players did and they did it in abundance and it's so rewarding for the coaching staff and Jesse to see his vision and philosophy from his head that he's got and on his computers and his laptops and the paper and how you try and get that across to your players to go out and put on the perfect display and that's what they did and that's where you've got to recognise how's he done that um, what, what you know everybody learns differently is it on the park is it with the analysis and I was so lucky to be on the pre-season tour with Tony Dorego as ambassadors. But Jesse gave us an, in, an insight and said, please come into the video sessions. You're more than welcome. And it was unbelievable access. And he's just a, a, an incredible man for his mannerisms, his characteristics. And I'm buying into what he's saying. And if I'm buying into it and seeing right. the relationship you can build with them, you can see why the players are finding it so refreshing and um, they're playing with a freedom. You have to want to do that for your teammates, don't you? I mean, yeah. outrunning Chelsea by 11 kilometres is no yeah. joke. You have to really be in the trenches and want to do that for for each other. I, I just see a, 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 a positivity running throughout that squad, and yeah. and with Barnsley game last night with the second eleven, um, it just looks like everyone is just really really happy in where they are, yeah. knows what they're doing, and wants to fight for each other. Yeah. Completely. Michael, you've had that insight then when you were on pre-season tour with Jesse and invi- he invited you in. Can you um, tell us more about what it is? What What is it that Jesse's doing that seems to be working so well? Now, can you imagine coming in and anybody false following Bielsa? I mean, you know what what he what he did after sixteen years away to get to get back to the Premier League and some of the players that have gone on to play international football that may maybe never have seen international football if they'd have stayed in the championship and it was always going to be tough now Jesse's had to come in and come in with his ideas come in with his charismatic approach bat, battle with the media as well obviously being an American guy you know Bob Bradley had a go and he's, he's dealt with that unbelievably well um, and what I saw from the pre-season and what he was trying to do it's still a high press it's still full of energy but it's not a man-on-man system everywhere and I think sometimes when we were doing man-on-man systems towards the end of Bielsa's reign there was a lot of gaps appeared and it became teams were figuring out how to do it and take a player out of position to exploit that area that was left whereas Jesse has got that high intensity press in the final third win the ball back as quick as we can he calls it the counter press Um, but at times you don't have to go and follow 
and leave a space when youth can think that it could be more dangerous. Keep numbers and players behind the ball as well and not let gaps appear. And it's become very much more central um, in the, I call it from your box to box areas that we're winning the ball back um, and trying to counter press. And I just think that the players have bought into that because there's a lot more understanding about it rather than, oh, do I need to go? Oh, my man's left us. I've got to go and follow him. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Mm, that's yeah. my man I've got to go well Jesse's given my idea well hang on no if that's in a dangerous area where you think it's more dangerous for a ball to go over the top of us then do, you don't have to go into them areas so I think the players have got a lot more understanding and buy-in from um, the way he's explained what he would like to do and you can see why it's taken a little while to adapt I mean it's not it's not an easy thing you know particularly when we're talking about from the Bielsa era of like you said relatively simple man-to-man yeah. marking that is a shift and I can see why it's taken a little while to get where we are but I mean looking at that Chelsea game but were we pressing like that under Jesse towards the end of last season when we had to have survival no because we had to stop no. goals and it was very structured and organised numbers behind the ball can we try and counter attack and things like that it was to stop the leaking of goals so then again you go hang on this guy knows exactly what he's doing tactically as well it's not just Jesse's way or the highway he'll adapt to situations we survived and then he's had the whole of pre-season now to work and get the methods and the style of play that he wants and he believes in so I think it's been wonderful. Do you see as well that, because um, we were just talking before we come on the show about um, Rodrigo, that these new additions are actually bringing out the best of the, yeah. the current, the, you know, the older team as well. I mean, yeah. what do you what do you put that down yeah. to? Um, competition for places. And it's very interesting, coach, as a, as a coach um, myself and seeing players that are on the outer, how are they going to react when new players come in? Uh, and I remember Mark Viduka came in um, to from when he signed for Leeds and I'm going, hang on, you're not getting my place. And I tried my damnedest to keep him out of the team, but he was that bloody good. I couldn't, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so credit to Viduka, he was up for the fight. But when, uh, you know, Rodrigo's seen Aronson come in, Sinistera playing, are they going to play in that little pocket of space? Didn't get much game time pre-season. And sometimes I was a bit critical of Rodri- Rodrigo's conversion rate, the amount of chances he was getting, but the lack of goals was scoring. And I think since he missed out pre-season, one man's loss, Sinistera getting a knock. Hang on, I've got an opportunity here. And he's looked a completely different different player. He's clinical. Um, he's always had that work rate, but his body language was so positive. And he's got that run of rich run of um, form, as I say, in front of goal now. And the, the, the moment that got me was the near post run he made against Chelsea to get that header. That shows a determined man. And the World Cup's coming mm. up. Competition for places to get back into the World Cup squad. And if we're going to get the benefits out of a man that's trying to show that he wants to play for his country again and is getting the stats up there and he's putting in performances and he's up for the fight he's not down tools and sulking because there's more players come on board that is great for the squad and the dynamics and as a coach you're delighted Do you, did you find Michael like because you know strikers love scoring goals did yeah. you find that when <laughs> but you need to be and when when you were scoring did you find that more often than not you were in the right you found yourself in the right position is it a mental thing it, it is a mental thing but it's also a thing that I'm, I'm you know I'm a believer in fate I think I said that last time not not superstition so much but when the goals come and you get off to a good start and you get a few then they seem to come thick and fast and it takes it and then you might go for a little a barren spell of two games then you start thinking about oh what am I doing differently right I've got to get on the ball more I've got to, and then the next game goes by and you haven't scored and then you're, you're scratching your head whereas previously they might go in off your nose or off your backside and you don't <laughs> even know they're happening but you're getting a goal from it 
and and then you start doubting yourself and that's going to be the challenge for Rodrigo when when that little barren spell comes it will how you deal with that and then when you get that first goal again I'll never forget get after I think I went nine games without one and you're starting to lose a lot of confidence and then it came again and I went on another spell of seven or eight games when I'd scored um, so it's it, it, again it's how the body language and, and looking back at footage to think what was I actually doing back then to right. get them goals. Let's hope he doesn't get a dry spell, but it's funny how it works. Yeah, I guess it just gets in your head, doesn't it? That's where it starts and ends oh. ultimately, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the mind is a powerful thing, but it's also such a dangerous thing as well. And it, and it's how yeah. you, you know, how you handle that um, mentally to keep it to keep it on the right track rather than letting the demons and the gremlins, as I call them, start saying, you're rubbish, you're missing a goal from here. <laughs> that was the gremlin talking there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the gremlin yeah. voice. <laughs> I, I, I imagine Jesse is also going to play a big part in that again we'll, we'll speak to yeah. Tyler but he does seem like his man management is is yeah. really his forte I would say so and I think the charismatic approach and the, I think that you know the medium and the fans have all bought into it as well as the players um, his charismatic approach he, the sideline I don't mind the manager scoring a goal and running down and celebrating but even witnessing Jesse's um, his team talks and his video sessions I reckon Jesse covered more kilometres in the team talk analysis by running back and forth telling Tyler when you go and press and then you get back in position and then when you go and do this and you get back and he was doing doggies while he was doing the video session I'm like the guy's going to be sweating soon but it's contagious and it's very very energetic now if you've got a coach that is like that it spreads it spreads and it's very contagious he's the kind of guy that we could all do within a morning to give us that like get up oh, and go is he to go to- out and seize the day like a yeah, life coach. Without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. But after seven days, you'd, you'd definitely need a day off. You'd be going, <laughs> yeah. man, just let us have one lie in, man. No, come on, let's go. <laughs> well, I've heard that about him. Like Pat's told us that he's sort of, you know, by the time everyone gets into training, he's already been in there for for an hour on the bike or whatever. Je- Jesse was running up and down the Gold Coast. He, he was getting up in the morning, going for a run up and down the Gold Coast promenade and on the beach. And then he was getting the surfboard and he's going out surfing and he's trying to get the staff to go and surfing and that. And I'm going, mate, I said, I love the enthusiasm, but there's things out there that are going to kill you. So just be very careful. <laughs> I know what's out there, mate. But it, it, like I say, it was just content. great to see a coach and a manager building relationships with players and people that he didn't know like myself. Yeah, he's, he, he knows I was there as an ambassador in class as one of the Leeds legends he didn't have to show a shine to us but he did he was it's 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 a mutual respect and I, I just thought that was the character of the man and his values and his beliefs I, I'm, I'm all for that I can't I don't deal with arrogance I don't deal with people that shy off from things when they've got to confront them Jesse's all about that and it, um, I think that's a that's probably the the side when you look at away from football as a business you want to work for somebody that is a nice boss Not them mm. Them days of being a, a pig head and arrogant head and being a bully they're gone do you feel like he gets the city I mean you know obviously having played for Leeds Leeds is a very unique club and yeah. the fans and the city uh, have have a character that is that is un, unrivaled yeah I feel like he gets it. I feel like he gets the culture of of of, of Leeds, and and you know he's a can be a bit of a shit house, and he's a bit needly, and I feel like it that it just suits us. He seems to understand it. Do you, do you agree? I, I like. He, there's a couple of things he's done this season where he's had a go back at other managers, and he hasn't he hasn't let them bully him, and he's 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 had a little niggle um, on the sideline. You can see him very animated. He's he's got into that kind of culture, and you've got to get Leeds because you can't you can't stand in front of thirty six thousand fans. And not get what this city, what Leeds City is about. I, I, I'm from Newcastle, and we've got a similar culture, football culture up here. To you know, there's a, it's it's a people just work 
to buy a season ticket or get a ticket to go and watch Newcastle United. Not not so much under the last regime, but especially now as well in the previous years. Leeds is like that as well. Everybody, it's it's almost like the you, when the, when the, when Saturday comes, at all the, the games. Yeah. Everybody, the build up to it, and that's what I love about bringing people from Australia to actually witness real football with real crowds and the culture of it. There's no, we're not competing with other codes here. It's just a special moment, and to see everybody leave with a smile on their face and go, "My God, I'm an Arsenal fan," but you've just take me to Ellen Road yeah. I'm going to buy a shirt and I'm going to tell my son to be a Leeds fan moments like that wow. make, make it feel very special and honourable and know that you have graced that football field and that stadium so I hope he gets it and I'm sure he does and and you know it's obviously very early days Michael but as far as starts to the season go it's been a pretty impressive one what are your hopes based on what we've seen what are your hopes for the remainder of the season well you consider four points last season after seven games we now have seven points after three. Have I got my maths mm-hmm. right there? Yeah, I you have. Right. I mean, it, it's just mind-boggling. And it should be nine, by the way. It should be nine yeah. points. <laughs> Hassan was under pressure. He threw caution to the wind. He went away from his game style and they just launched it and kind of bullied bullied us to a degree towards the end, which is probably the, the well, the very disappointing thing. But what a start of the season. It's about getting points on the board. The magic number we all know is 40. Um, but when you look, look back as a... I think, you know, as, as coaches, you always put um, targets in throughout the season and we are well above our targets early on that season. And that is a massive bonus because you know you've got points to play with. And when you're getting results like that and you're getting the f- feedback from the players, they're buying into it and the fans are embracing it as they always should. Um, it's great. Absolutely brilliant. I'm very, I don't want to get too carried away. It is still about survival considering where we were last season. And that is the that is priority. But I'm looking at a I'm looking at twelve, thirteen, fourteen position here this season, the way things are going. Well those those early points give give the coming games a different complexion, don't they? I mean if we'd been like where you were saying, if we were only on three or four points right now or less yeah. you know yeah. I mean when was our when did our first win come last year it was like game seven or seven whatever. hours yeah I was going to say six or seven yeah it suddenly you know going to Brighton difficult place to go they're looking very good and yeah. a bit of a bogey team for us have been for a long time but we go into that game and it's very different now isn't it off the back of yeah. seven points completely a free hit as I call it it's it's you've got it, it's money in the bag it's you're in the green you're not in debt um, you know you're you're ahead of the you're ahead of the points tally, and you're going there. And again, you're coming. We are coming up against a very very good organised team. You know, Graham Potter doing wonderful things um, at that club on and off the field as well. You know, there's a lot of teams would love to emulate what Brighton are all about, but we're, we're, we've got a free hit. And the way we're playing, they, they've they'll just be as scared of Leeds United as we will be of, of you know vulnerable about what they can do. Um, I think we've got a lot more firepower, however, uh, and that could that could pay dividends. So exciting times and the start of the season. Man, everybody is is just absolutely buzzing, and then going into the game the other night in the AFL Cup, when you see a a, a team against Barnsley, it's a whole new eleven team, and that is the joy. The squad in depth is something that we've really yeah. looked at, and I think that that for me is the standout going into this season. Under Bielsa, I thought we were very limited with numbers and the players that had been there, like yeah, Calvin Phillips down the middle, Liam Cooper, Bamford up front, uh, the injuries were starting to come with the players that had been there under the regime for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Like just a little bit of wear and tear. And again, um, now we've got squad and depth, so it's very, very good. Well, Michael, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on board with us again. We're now joined by a man who joined Leeds following his transfer from RB Leipzig this summer and who's already been earning plenty of plaudits. Huge round of applause, boys, for Tyler Adams. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo! 
Thanks for having me. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Now, before we jumped on and started recording, Tyler, you looked a little bit shocked and I asked you what you were looking at. You said you'd just seen a picture of something. Can you elaborate and let all our podcast listeners know exactly what you'd seen, please? Yeah, it was a picture of Matt as Neville Longbottom in Harry Potter. And I'm a big fan of Harry Potter, so I was very excited to see that. <laughs> Who was your favorite Harry Potter character, Tyler? Why are you putting him on the spot like that? Don't I don't know. <laughs> my, my favorite book was definitely Prisoners of Azkaban. Um, and Sirius was probably my favorite character from that. So um, I was a big Sirius Black fan. Where did Neville rank in terms of favorite to it's sort not, of... It's, doesn't, it's not, it, not it really what the podcast oh, oh, is about, oh, it, is it, it honestly? It, it really matters. Matters. <laughs> oh, This is fantastic. He's, he's, he's trying to get out of it. Keep going, Tyler. <laughs> I'll give him top five. I'll give him top five for now. Wow, top, top five. five. Top five, you'll take that. I was going to say you were man of the match on Sunday as well, but you can you can stick that now. Hey, he was Number in, one, he was in, he was in one, top man. five though, wasn't he, Matt? Top five. <laughs> one, um, Tyler, let's start by finding out how you are. How are you doing in yourself? Yeah, no, no, I'm doing really well. Settling in nice here uh, from Leeds. Obviously, the past... I don't even know how long it's been now. Six, seven weeks uh, has been a little bit of a whirlwind, uh, you know, from from moving to Leeds to then going on preseason to Australia to then settling in now for the first couple of Premier League games. Um, but it's been good. A lot of positives to take away from it. Um, the people have been great helping me settle in. So just excited to be here. How How is it in Leeds? I mean, obviously, it's very different from New York and even more different still from Leipzig. What, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, everything's obviously different than, than New York, um, but definitely a positive from Leipzig for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying it a lot. Obviously, just, just it being my native native language again and being able to go out and speak to people on the streets and have conversations comfortably go into grocery stores and not have to worry about having to speak German anymore is, is really, really <laughs> nice. So the people, the people have been amazing. I'm enjoying it a lot. Well, Tyler, I've got to say after me leaving Leeds United and England many years ago, I've, I've been in Australia for 12 years. Yeah. I've since come back, but I was there in pre-season two with, with yourself and the team. Just tell, tell, you know, tell the listeners how that was for pre-season over there in Australia and what you enjoyed about that. Yeah, it was my first uh, actual preseason tour, um, in a sense. So going down to Australia, um, I wasn't expecting to, to travel so long after making the transfer. So when I heard we were going to Australia, um, I was excited at first. And then when I when I realized it took a full day to get there, uh, I was a little bit tired. Um, but getting off the plane and seeing how, how far the Leeds support goes and seeing how many Leeds United fans there are um, down under, it was it was unbelievable to see the support. So uh, it, it was really good to, to have that exposure, go on a preseason tour, get some games under your belt um, continue to improve the chemistry in the team before coming back to England you've become a fan favorite very quickly over here Tyler what's the reception been like when you're out and about what are the fans like with you what kind of things are they saying to you yeah no the fans the fans have been amazing uh, I feel like I'm not a very highly recognizable person I'm, I'm a very low-key person so I definitely don't seek that sort of attention so um, whenever I go out and about people are very friendly though if they if they recognize you um, they say what they like uh, what they don't like and yeah, just to get on about what you're doing. So uh, <laughs> brutally honest, but I like it, you know, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just been exciting to see again how positive the fans are here and what, you know, how they, you know, react, whether it's to a tackle or to the energy that you bring to the pitch. You know, they, they love those kinds of things. And, um, you know, obviously the support in Ellen Road speaks for itself, but I'm more I'm more impressed with how far the, the support goes, like I said, whether it was in Australia um, or, or anywhere else. Well, I can, I can tell you, mate, um, you know, I'm out, I'm out in the U.S., um, 
I live in Florida and um, I'm sure you've heard from a lot of people back home, but right now you and, and, and Brendan and obviously Jesse, you're flying the flag for, for the United States uh, in England um, and the response over here has been enormous. I mean, I've got friends of mine who are, who are going out in lead shirts and they're just being accosted by people left, right and centre saying, you know, go Leeds. Um, you've got our boys over there talking about yourself and Brendan. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm jealous that you're in Florida right now. Um, it's 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 raining <laughs> over here right now in Leeds. I, I'm going to have to get used to that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's really, really exciting. I obviously to to represent the US and just kind of showcase our abilities you know we've given we've been given a great opportunity to do that and obviously me playing with Brendan and then obviously under Jesse and, and having the support of you know America behind us is goes a long way well you've just mentioned that your relationship there you obviously you're back here at Legion you're at Leeds United and your reunion with Jesse Marsh again so you know what is about Jesse I've seen him operate I was trying to tell Emron Matt early on the the characteristics that I, I look for in, in a genuine guy and how how his approach to giving the video sessions to you lads and obviously his approach on the training field what was you know how, how super impressed are you um, to be reunited with Jesse again and just give us some of his traits that uh, you know that you enjoy yeah I'm, I'm super excited to work under him again uh, like you said you know first and foremost he's a he's a genuine person uh, you know put football aside he cares about what's going on in your life what problems you have what positives you have and how how he can make sure you're all right on a, on a personal level um, because he knows that directly transpires to, to on the field and on the field performance. So, um, you know, when you come in, the first thing he'll say is not, oh, let's go have a video session or, oh, last night you should have done this. It's more like, how's the family? How's your wife doing? How are your kids? Um, these sort of things. And, you know, as a player, you, you know, people forget sometimes that, you know, we have regular lives too, or we want to have regular lives as well. Yeah. Um, so when you have- We're human exactly, beings. So, you know, when you have a coach and manager that cares about that, you go out on the field and you're just going to battle for him. You're going to fight for him. You're going to make sure that, you know, everything on the field is taken care of. Um, so yeah, I, it's really exciting to work under him again, because I know that he gets the best out of me um, as a person to help me grow and mature, but also as a player. We were just talking um, before you came on the show about you guys outran Chelsea by 11 kilometers uh, at the weekend. And that has, there has to be a buy-in to do something like that. You all have to be fighting for each other. And I noticed... Um, against Barnsley the other night, when Sinistera came off, he was headed for the bench and he changed his mind and he walked back to the touchline to give Jesse a hug. And not a lot of players mm -hmm. do that. Not, not that I've seen, you know, they go straight off to the to the seat or whatever. And I was just thinking, is, is the real sense of camaraderie in, in the club right now? It feels like everyone just gets on really well. How does that compare to previous clubs you've been at? Yeah, it's it's completely different than than the clubs that I've been at. You know, there's no egos in our team and that's very rare in a team to, to not have any jealousy or envy of the guys that are playing. Instead, the guys that are not playing are supporting the guys that are playing and then next day on the training pitch working as hard as possible to make sure that they're in either the lineup the next game or um, working hard to to impress the coach. Um, but, you know, coming into this locker room, I, I was just completely surprised by um, how selfless every player was. They bought into the idea that this can be an important year for the club. You know, the progression that we obviously want to improve off of last year, um, continue to find more consistency while also having a, a big team development um, along with individual development. Um, but the plan has been clear by the club of the direction that they want to take it and obviously bringing in young players that fit the profile 
style of, of how Jesse wants to play. So, you know, they've obviously shown confidence in, in the manager and, you know, allowing him to bring players in that fit his system. And, you know, when you bring players that already know or already have an understanding of the system, it allows the guys around them to really buy into it because they see that it works. And we know that it works from playing um, under him previously. So um, we've been fortunate. Uh, again, I think a lot of a lot of credit goes to the club and the coaching staff for, you know, really finding the right players to, to fit the mold and, and really finding players that have good personalities in the locker room because, you know, we're we're brothers, you know, we joke on and off the, the field that, you know, coming in on the first day, I wasn't expecting the guys to be able to just tell me, you know, here, here's the best area to live right away. Or here, you need a car, go to this person, like the simple details to help me settle in quickly so I could take care of business on the field. Got to say that is so refreshing to hear because having traveled over, it's just so refreshing to be with the team, to see um, how you've got on and the dynamics. And I can now tell why that was so, uh, it's such a key, key product of it. Because we, we had at Leeds United when I played there, we had a fantastic squad and a fantastic team and had real good success because we had a no head policy and it's just great to hear you say that yeah yeah no it, it feels good I mean you know how I kind of describe it to people is like you know when when you're going to meals usually you're sitting in your clique or you have a certain group of people that you're always going to end up sitting with and like for me people would probably expect that I sit with Brendan at every meal and I don't think I've sat with Brendan at one meal it's just because you know it's it's nice to be able to get on with other people <laughs> and be able to have conversations with other people and that's just because we feel comfortable around each other which is very rare so it's good um Tyler growing up in America and playing the sport what was it like and when did you realize that the pinnacle or where you wanted to be was the Premier League in England? Yeah, so growing up and, and obviously playing football in America is is um, very different than growing up and playing football in, in Europe and in the UK. Um, you know, it's obviously not the, the main sport of America quite yet, uh, although it's, I think, trending and, and starting to become, um, you know, obviously one of the, the main, main sports. But growing up, I played a bunch of different sports. So, um, you know, I played I played football, I played basketball, I tried baseball, but it was too boring for me. Um, so I tried a, a bunch of different sports. But when I, when I came to terms that I wanted to really, you know, try and, and make you know, football, my career. Um, I had always grown up watching the Premier League, uh, watching Thierry Henry, who was, you know, one of my role models growing up. Um, obviously the influence that he had on me when he came to New York and, um, and, and played for the New York Red Bulls when I was coming through the academy was also huge. So, um, yeah, it was always on TV for me. I was always waking up in the morning to watch Fox soccer match reports and, you know, watch the highlights of all the games that were on. So um, it was it was always the main league for me growing up. Tyler, if you think baseball is boring, I'm going to upset a lot of Yorkshire people here. You should try cricket. Steady on now. After five days of go. playing that sport, you can actually draw. <laughs> Work that one out. <laughs> I like them both. Obviously, I'm not a footballer, as uh, as Pat and Bex like to point out every bloody week. Um, but I, what I find really interesting is what what it's like as someone who's come up through an academy. You've been, you know, you're from New York. You've been at New York. You were at New York from day one. What was that like in terms of developing the being a footballer? But but. In terms of schooling and and um, and developing on that level, because there's one thing I know about America, particularly when it comes to sport, the academics are rated really, really highly and you don't get to do one without the other. So what was that like coming through that system? Yeah, uh I don't know. You you might have to ask my mom about this one. So when I was when I was coming <laughs> through the academy and really wanted to focus on football, um, school was without a debate always the most important thing in my life. It always came number one. Uh, my education for my mom was 
there was no if, ends or buts about it. It was, you had to, to finish, you have to get your college degree. You have to, um, do everything because football is not guaranteed. Um, and at least having an education will, um, set you up with success afterwards. Um, so when I had the opportunity to sign my first professional contract, my dad was like, it's a no brainer. You have to sign your professional contract. How, how old were you at that point? I was 15. No, I was 15 and a half, 16 ish. So, um, and it's funny because the conversations at that time were with Jesse. Um, and that was the person that was, you know, pushing me to, you know, say, yeah, if he does this step first, then he could have a good career in Europe. Uh, we see the potential that he has. And my mom was like, I'm not buying it. Um, Jesse's a good person, but he's not, he's not guaranteeing you a college degree. So in my contract, they had to put that they would pay for my university and my studies and everything like that. And then my dad was like, okay, we'll get it in your contract. And then you could sign your, your first professional contract. So, you know, going through the ranks and everything like that, education was always the most important, especially for my mom. Superb advice. Your mum would be a good agent, to be fair. Fair play to her. How, how have you coped um, in terms of the family situation, Tyler? You're still young. You're, you're a very, you're a young person. What is it like being so far away from your family? What's the dynamic there? How often do you speak to them? How do they feel? Yeah, my family has always been the most important thing for me. So I have uh, three brothers who are all really close to me. Obviously, my parents who I, I'm always keeping in contact with. Um, but I'm very fortunate to, to have my girlfriend here living with me as well. She lives with me in Germany. Um, and just having someone to, you know, whether it's come back home to or on off days, just have that support. And whether, you know, you're at home games and you have someone to look into the stands and, and, and show your support support to. Um, it, it goes it goes a really long way. But yeah, you know, my family gets over here as often as possible. Um, you know, they being in Corona times and being in Germany alone for those two years was was tough and not being able to see them for uh, long periods of times. But uh, the flight from from New York to, to Manchester is not too far. So they'll be over here a lot. We, we don't we don't say that word very often on this podcast, yeah. but I'll, I'll <laughs> let it slide this Oh, one. sorry. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, what, what does your mum think of Leeds? Does she like it as a city? Oh, she loved it. She, I think she was uh, most fond about being able to to read all the signs in English and know how to get around instead of having to be in, in <laughs> Germany and be absolutely clueless. Oh my God. She would always she would always be sending me pictures of signs and be like, can you translate this? Can you translate this? I'm like, mom, I'm at practice right now. Can you can you leave me alone? Uh, so no, no, it's exciting. They're, they're, they're really excited to be here. Um, my grandparents come from, from Glasgow. Um, so they live in... They live in Florida now, but um, yeah, so there's there's a connection there between the UK and 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 um, and here, so or and home. So it's it's exciting for my whole family to to be able to come to the UK. Tyler, if I can give you any advice, I'm from Newcastle and Northeast. We'd never really had many designer clothes shops where I'm from. Uh-huh. I made the biggest mistake <laughs> of taking my mother after I signed for Leeds United down. She found a store called Harvey Nichols. Uh-huh. And I says, ma'am, treat, yourse- treat yourself, ma'am. You know, the, we deserve this. I came back an hour and a half later and she had a personal shopper with her and I panicked because I thought I didn't know what the hell she was buying. So a word of advice, stay with her or keep her away from that store. Yeah, or just put a really low limit on your credit card, either one. Smart man. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, Tyler, have you had your initiation yet since being I at did, Leeds? I did. I feel like you've probably heard about it if you're asking me that question or we might have we might have heard a little, a little bit i sang i sang uh party in the usa by miley cyrus so 
Um, you know, I gotta, I gotta show love to, to America on that one and, and Miley Cyrus. So yeah, that, that's what I sang, but it was, I think it was a good performance to be honest, you know, no, didn't get booed off the stage. That's all that matters. Pat said you had the voice of an angel. So I don't know what to make of that. You did that in Australia, didn't you? Yeah. That was in the, in the brewery, I believe we were me, yeah. me, Brendan, all of us had to sing. Yeah. Who, who was the worst out in your opinion? Who was the worst initiation singer? Um, Brendan's wasn't great. He had a little bit of a panic, a bit of a panic decision. <laughs> oh, he was honking, yeah, absolutely honking. Yeah, Sorry, no, Brendan. it wasn't great. I think he sang Baby oh. by Justin Bieber. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> Not um, good. I mean, that does suit it him. Does, it does, it does. He's a child off, still, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking of Pat, he, uh, he called you irritating on our show uh, a week ago and he meant it on the football field, which, and I think we all saw actually on Sunday yeah. exactly what he meant by that. You were... Yeah all over the park you were you know everybody's shadow in the middle what do you make of him yeah pat pat i'll i'll give him credit he's class on the field uh he's a he's a top player um he was someone that when i was coming into to the team he helped me so much with everything all the little details uh just someone you know when you're coming into a new team and you know who the stars of the team are and who has um you know big reputations in the team and you know whether it's leadership quality all these things you've watched them play before um you don't expect those players to be the first ones coming up to you giving you advice um and he was one of those guys that had just come up to me immediately um helped me with with all the little details you know talking about what to expect when you play at Ellen Road all these different things and um you know on the field I was I was very very impressed by him I knew he was coming back from you know a couple of injuries but right away you could see the, the quality that he had. We did a couple finishing drills and I was like, damn, just get this guy the, bu- the ball in the box and, and he'll put it away. So uh, yeah, he's he's class on the field. Well, please take that comment irritating as a very, very special comment. It's meant a nice way because I played with a guy, David Batty, who was the most irritating player in the world because you could not get <laughs> rid of him. He, he was like a terrier. He would just niggle away, win the ball off you. So it, it is an actual backhanded compliment in a very, very nice way. <laughs> Tyler, have you tried any food since you've been in Leeds that you hadn't previously eaten? Uh, no, I haven't tried anything uh, out of the ordinary quite yet. I mean, obviously I've had fish and chips many times before. Um, <laughs> so nothing yet. I've got one as well. And if you didn't try any food in Yorkshire or Leeds yet, did you try the Vegemite that I put on the tables for the lads in um, pre-season two of Good Australia? Lord. I would never eat that. There you go, because it yes. was so funny to see some of the boys. Liam Cooper was absolutely Never. disgusted that I had actually put. It You're would, a sick man, Michael Bridges. Well, you know, they've got, to, they've got to try before Never. you buy. <laughs> well, do you know what? If you've got any recommendations for what Tyler can try that isn't Vegemite, then please do let us know using the hashtag LUFCpod and we'll put it to Tyler and see if he likes it. Well, it's difficult because he's from New York and they've got they've got everything there, haven't they? There'll be a Leeds pub somewhere where you can get Yorkshire puddings That's in New true. York. Can you get everything this there? There's probably true. nothing he's not had. Have you ever had a have you had a Yorkshire pudding wrap? I haven't had one, no. It's good. Oh, the Yorkshire burrito. The Yorkshire Gotta burrito. Done. Gotta be done. These guys get weird every day. He does not Doesn't need a Yorkshire great. burrito. Yeah. Doesn't sound great, if I'm being honest. <laughs> End of season, you'll love it. Yeah, once we've won the league, you can have one then. <laughs> now, we've also seen, Tyler, that you have been trying to, you know, get down with a bit of the Leeds lingo. So we thought we'd put you to the test and see if you can recognise what some of these words mean. If you can't, it's going to be an education. Are you up for that? I am up for it, Yes. What do you think, what do you think scraps are? That's scraps, S-C-R-A-P-S. Scraps. 
I mean, I know if you want to scrap in like New York, that means you want to fight. Scraps, I'm guessing is like <laughs> scraps. I would just say scraps like when I'm doing like arts and crafts, like the scraps of like the paper I cut up or something. <laughs> scraps are in fact a Yorkshire delicacy. Uh, They're the bits of batter that you get with your fish and chips. Oh, Tyler, they are succulent. They are beautiful. Some In some places you can actually just buy scraps on their own. Highly recommend it. Like like we say at the end of the season. Just think of a tempura prawn yes. without the prawn. So it's, yeah. no, yeah. no. There's no way he's running, he's running like that. Yeah. Yeah. On a weekend after <laughs> any amount of scraps. Yeah, so just true. hold off on that for, yeah, a, yeah. for a few months, mate. Right. Next up, Tyler, what do you think the word ginnel means? Ginnel. Ginnel. Um, can you use it in a sentence for me? Yeah. So if the postman came to my house and I wasn't in, I might say, oh, can you leave it in the ginnel? In the ginnel. Or, or you could say... You ran you off could down say, the ginnel. Down the ginnel, yeah. Or I'll meet yeah. you in the ginnel. Oh come on! Now you threw me off. Yeah, um, I'm guessing it's like the the side the side of the house or something like that, like the you, an alleyway. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. an alleyway, yeah. yeah, an alleyway. Next up, not to be confused with the first word. The word is scran, 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 scran. Yeah, that's good. That. So I would say, hey Matt, do you want to go for some scran after the pod? Um. I feel like in England it would be like drinks. Very close. Very close. Very a bit more close. solid. Oh, just food. Just food in general. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was something specific. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. something yeah. specific. Oh, no. Okay. It's any kind of food. So if one of the lads say to you, like, do you want to go get some scran? You know that it's food they want with you. I'm going to say absolutely not if you call it scran. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tyler, we've got two more of these um, words. Next up is faffing. What do you think the word F- faffing, faffing means? Yeah, yeah, faffing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God! Yeah, messing around. Yeah, we'll give you that. Wasting time. You're wasting time. You're just faffing around. around. Well done. Right, and then finally, and this is pretty apt actually. The final word, Tyler, is (laughs) "tara." What do you think that means? (laughs) Tara. Yeah, (laughs) tara. So if I was to say to to you, "tara, Tyler," what do you think that would mean? Tyler. <laughs> uh, I, should we all give him a, all give him a hint after three? We'd yeah, all do it. Yeah. Yeah. Three, two, one. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. No, not hello. Goodbye. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> when you hear that word out of context and somebody that doesn't know what it means, it's uh, a very funny I'm gonna, word, really. I'm going to say ta-ra. that now to people. Ta-ra, when I go everyone. see Pat, I'm going to say ta Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be super impressed. Please, please, please make sure you do. Tyler, it has been an absolute joy having you join us this week. Thank you so much for taking the time. Honestly, it's been so fun. Thank you. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thank you for joining us as well for the official Leeds United podcast. Best of luck to the boys for the game at the weekend against Brighton. Join us next week for more on the official Leeds United podcast. Ta-ra! Ta-ra. We are-